This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. <laughs> you, you know, in, in the blood of a G-Tass. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, you messaged me. <laughs> you messaged me to apologize, you know? He's like, hey, Ed, uh, I saw that episode with you on David So's Genius Brain, and I just want to say I'm sorry, you know, because I was a jerk and, like, full of, you know, his head was really big because he was doing really well as an artist at the time. In five, four, three two one what's up everybody welcome to another episode of the genius brain podcast if this is your first time listening to the podcast this podcast is about everything and everything basically yeah i mean that i just heard your china mac podcast that was so fucking crazy and let me tell you something literally everything my my ass was sweating throughout the whole podcast (laughs) (laughs) dude i was blown away it's one of my favorite episodes you've had you know what's interesting about that it's he I don't know if I ever have an objective when I do a podcast, right? Yeah. But uh, I knew stuff about him, obviously, before the podcast. I just didn't know these stories in depth, Yeah, right? So when he was saying, people were like, oh, I thought you already knew who he was. It's like, yeah, I know the stories here and there, but he's going into detail. It's blowing my fucking mind because I'm not going to research him all the way. I want there to be discovery on this podcast (laughs) as well. Acting like this is first we feast, like you're going to like shock him with something he doesn't you know about him that he doesn't yeah. know some shit you know, I, know. Like, I was like, like you well, did your research it's right? crazy because your father's here right now yeah. <laughs> just walks through the door. he just comes through saying. son please forgive me Dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's Vietnamese now i don't know <laughs> god damn it but you know when he when he came on the podcast it was kind of dope to see this dude who people talk about believing in reform yeah but they but they don't really get to see it right right you know and one of the biggest takeaways that I actually had from that podcast was that his biggest catalyst for change was his mom, mm. right? And now I see why he's so angry when he sees all these Asian attacks. Yeah. He sees his mom yeah. all the time. The one person that believed in him, even when he was in prison, his friends, his family, his gang, none of that shit. Nobody checked in on him except yeah. for his mother. Mm. And so now he's in this position where he actually projects a lot of this rage because he sees his mother being in that same position. She lives in New York. She walks yeah. around and imagine that happening to his mom, right? And people just stand around and shit. That, that vulnerability was scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary in the beginning. It's like, yeah. oh man, now look at him. He's he's opening up. Yeah. Like what, what are you, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But then like... You know, masculine, like, uh, vulnerability is a positive, real thing. Like, we 100%. should be this way. But, you know, like, the, the back of our mind is that we're going to laugh at this because, you know, oh, that's China Mac and whatever. But, man, 
that's just fucking realness. Yeah. Yeah. And his anger was so real with it. Right. Like I, I said this once on the just kidding news, like, um, you know, when I'm laughing about my shit, like the other thing I'm going to do if I don't laugh is cry. <laughs> <laughs> what this, other options yeah. are there? Cause you know, these are, these are tragedies or it's like the, I mentioned the, you know, those drama faces, like, and like you see this crying face and the laughing face. I never understood that until like later in life where it's like you experience a tragedy or trauma or whatever, and you can look at it and you have two options, man, like laugh or be angry and cry, you know, mm -hmm. it's just like, um, it's just a coping mechanism to how we deal with drama in our lives. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, all those emotions are so real. And that's why this podcast is so dope because, you know, people will come in with an agenda, right? And mm -hmm. they, they put on a character, right? Yeah. And a voice when they talk to you. That was so fucking real. Yeah, man. Like getting to know him was, was, was a real blessing because it's like, I've, I've known people kind of like him, right? But that's when I was a, a lot younger mm -hmm. and I haven't been able to reconnect with some of these dudes uh, now that I'm older. It's yeah. been like, what, 15, 10, 15 years. Yeah. I haven't seen these guys. I don't know what they're up to. I, I don't know if they're reformed. Some of these dudes are in prison. Some of them are dead. So it's to see this guy to, uh, I mean, obviously he still has like his, his, you know, his upbringing is still how he speaks and, you know, how he views the world, which is all there. You know, a lot of people might agree or disagree with his approach. But for him to be able to explain that nuance was very important, right? Because he was also talking about on the podcast how I think a lot of people wonder why he uh, he chooses violence, yeah. right? They go, what do you mean? Like, why can't I, you just speak up about things? He goes, well, that's not how I grew up. Yeah. When he was in the group homes and stuff, the moment people stopped fucking with him was when he physically had to stand up for himself. People yeah. were spitting gum in his hair, slapping him upside the head. And he goes, the moment I started fucking people up is when they started respecting me. Yeah. And that's just the world that he comes from. And, you know, for me too, I was trying to get, my, my point was too, is like, I, I agree with him, but you know, not all the time, Yeah, you know, just different worlds. I, I, I bring it up every now and then with two close friend and I do believe in violence, yeah. you know, and that's just because of my upbringing too. Like, cause I had a survivor on these fucking racists, mm -hmm. you know, through middle school, high school or whatever. Um, and, yeah, if if I fought back, um, yeah, a lot of people would say, "Don't fuck with him. He knows kung fu." <laughs> That's tight. <laughs> it's like no, I don't. Yeah, you dead straight. I do, and you just do the crane. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> wow. No, yeah. but um, yeah. Uh, did I tell you the story? This I had this regular black customer. He's a really good friend of my dad's from back in the day. And then every now and then he'd come in and call me Jimmy because that's what he called my dad. But it's because I look like him, mm -hmm. and he just slip up. One day I asked him because, you know, we're in fucking rural area. There's nobody around. He's like one of six black people in, in the neighborhood. And I just, I was at the end of my rope pretty much with the bullshit that was going on. And I just asked him behind the counter. I was like, hey man, how do you, how long have you lived here? He's like, uh, close to like 25 years. He has a really raspy voice. I'm like, how do you deal with these people, man? These people are fucking crazy and racist. And he goes, you know what I do? I fucked them up. Shit. <laughs> yeah. He goes, he just looks me in the eye. He goes, next time one of these mothers fuckers fuck with you, fuck them up. You know? And, and then like, you're like, dude, that's a really good Aquafina impression. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you got a, I think you got a little hairball. That yeah. from the, 
Hey, I, I love Aquafina. Shout out to Aquafina, but you got one of the ashiest voices I've ever heard in my life. She sounds like the Kemi Mutombo. Yeah. <laughs> Cookie Monster? Yeah. She's like the Monster. Dude, her, her voice always shocks me every time. It's like, damn, girl, you need a lozenge, maybe a couple of glass of water or some, some shit. Some honey and lemon. <laughs> some honey and lemon. I don't know what the fuck it is, but you got to lube that shit up, baby. But yeah, when people, you saw that video of the lady getting punched in the face, right? You know, I didn't. I'm okay. Cause he said it too. Like he's tired of like the next shark, that Asian Dawn and jackfruit or whatever. I had to stop following that. Um, it's news. Yeah. It's, it's, it's stuff we should know. It eats at you though. It eats at me. It gives me crazy. I'll start shaking. I'll have a little sweat and just get fucking angry and there's nothing I can do about it. You know? You know, it's it's weird, right? Because now they're floating into this weird space of, am I doing this because I'm trying to raise awareness or because, it's a, is it a mix of that and also because it gets views and eyes? Views, eyes, clicks, shares, you know, and with no end game. Like, okay, Trauma there's porn. a, yeah, there's a, exactly. There, but th- there's a donation link, I guess. But then it's like, in my heart, I want justice <laughs> you know like um and so as he was saying that that's what i appreciated about your part of, was that you weren't trying to debate him and argue with him like no we need to be peaceful and whatever it's like he was truly expressing himself these are real human feelings are they progressive are they nice are, are they actual solutions maybe not that's, that's there's a debate behind that but that's what I why I think it's one of my favorite episodes because he was being so real. Yeah, and there's there's no point in me telling him how he should deal with his own personal situations, right? Because a lot of people think things in black and white. Yeah, there's this huge gray area in between, right? And when you get to hear his story and how he has dealt with his adversity, and, and listen, when you look at the video, right? If you, if you see the video of that woman being attacked, it's actually heartbreaking. Like, yeah. I've seen a lot of videos, but I'm talking about this guy. He's deranged. He's crazy. As it always is comes up and he punches this lady so hard in the face she actually knocks out dead cold like slumped (sighs) over on a pole like this just knocked out lean just completely laid out and the hard part about that video and we talked about on the podcast was watching how listen i understand and i've been in that position before i've told the story on this podcast where i saw somebody get robbed in front of me and then by the time they were gone i was like wait Yeah, I mean, I get there's a a shock factor. Yeah, there's like this, it's like, it's just the bystander effect or something Mm -hmm. like that. I forgot what the exact terminology is. But I think when we see that, and and, you know, from the world that he comes from, he expects rage and retaliation, right? But instead, you see people just going up to the lady like, hey, are you okay? Kind of after about like 30 or 40 seconds. And they look at this guy and they do nothing to the dude. And they just let him just stand there and watch this lady as she's knocked down on the floor. So it's it's hard to watch. And yeah. look, I'm I'm always talking about how there's different generations that people would have dealt with things differently. I don't think I would have been a part of that though. I think I would have knocked that dude out cold. Yeah. It's it's just I can't I can't sit there and watch that shit. I knocked him out cold or take him to the floor and had his hands behind his back or something. Yeah. But, just, you can't just let them get away with it. I mean, um a long time ago, I think it was just close to 10 years ago, um there was a YouTuber, he was at UCLA and it was like a prank kind of thing. Um and he was faking like he was a bully and he was bullying this dude straight up, like pushing him around, taking his back, just um, demeaning him. And, but in the video, like it's UCLA, there's 
hella Asian kids watching it happen and walking away. And by the end, he's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Why isn't anyone doing anything? And in the comments, it became a thing about how Asians don't fucking stand up for anything, right? Yeah. And I was pissed. I was like, hey, man, you were in this situation where these people's cultures are da-da-da. And now, 10 years later, and this shit is really, really happening. And then I had it happen in my life. I, I see where he stands with that anger. It's just like, don't you guys care? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, I, I was saying the same thing with... uh when I'm experiencing this crazy kind of fucking trauma where I have to be on my toes because somebody must fucking fight me. Someone must assault me or say some racist shit. I go to church because I need to see some Korean faces, then realize that they don't fucking care. <laughs> you know, I show up and I post all these crazy videos on my Instagram and they just be like, dang, that's crazy. That's it. <laughs> like, oh, dude, oh, help me. <laughs> I wonder if it's like they look at that and they go, I have to worry about my own stuff, right? Because I wonder like if in Asian culture it has to do with, you know, dealing with what's like pertinent in terms of, you know, making money, taking care of my mm. personal family first. It's like, well, that stuff mm. is going to work out, you know, because we, we trust our government. The, the police will take care of it. I understand that on a macro level because yeah. we said this over the shootings in Atlanta. Like we are literally almost 2000 miles away. Like plus yeah. we, what can we exactly do? But these were like, these were supposedly my friends. Yeah. I see these people every week. <laughs> your mom, she's like, That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so even my, my mom's like, why are you so angry? <laughs> Be I, nice. I, I want <laughs> to die. I'm a to yeah, Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> And so I, I see why China Mac was also explaining, like, that's a street I grew up on. Like, I like Asian, old Chinese dude that just kind of sit around. It's like, we see them kind of thing, loitering mm. or whatever. But then to see them do nothing is hard, like hard. Maybe he said he wanted to go up and smack every single fucking one of them. Yeah. And and I do feel that way too. It, it, it does put me in a state of like disappointment. Like you couldn't do anything. Like, I'm not asking you to kill the guy, but refrain him, like, check up on her a little faster. I don't know, man. It makes us, like, fit the stereotype, though, doesn't it? That fucking weak kind of Asian male stereotype of doing nothing about it. You know, when you when you bring up that whole, and like, in college, too, I remember there was this, um, when I went to UCR, uh, it was the first time I went to a university. You know, I lived in a very small bubble. Going to college was a really big deal for me, right? Yeah. Even though it was UCR, it was any, it was a university that would accept me. And UCR, I think, has, I, I think, in terms of like the diversity pool, it's a lot bigger than a lot of these other universities in California, mm. right? And just this one time, and I mentioned the story before, what just to kind of go back to that point where I watched this kid. It was outside of the the commissary room, right, where we get food. But there was these two white dudes that were bullying this one Asian kid. And, you know, they knew who he was. They went to high school together before they went to college. Yeah. I don't know whether this kid. And the thing about it was I got so fucking mad. And I remember I walked up, shoved the dude and whatever. And I started threatening the dude. And the guy was like, whoa, we're just fucking joking around, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Come get the fuck out of here before I beat the fucking ass. I'm fucking pissed. And I look at the Asian guy and I was more mad at the Asian dude than I was at the two white boys. Yeah. Because he just stood there and I just... I. If I saw that kid now, I could still remember what he fucking looked like because of how 
pissed I was at him yeah. because he wouldn't do anything. And I literally looked at him. I was like, dude, the next time you do some stupid shit, I'm going to beat your fucking ass too. Like, <laughs> I'm like threatening this kid too because I'm so fucking mad because yeah. he's letting these two white boys just punk him for no fucking reason. He And he was taking it. Yeah. And I'm like, you got to stand up for yourself. And I, you know, and, I, and that also has to do with me, my problem with like projecting my younger self onto him. Mm. When I was a kid, that used to happen to me too. And that shit stopped when I stood up for myself. And I've said this before a million times on this podcast. When I was a kid, if, even if I got bullied for being the fat kid with glasses, I was going to make sure that I was the most difficult kid to bully. You'll probably move on to somebody else. And it really did happen that way. Yeah. So when I saw that kid, that Asian kid just you know, having these ching chong jokes said it, said to him getting pushed against this locker. And I'm like, bro, stand up for yourself. These dudes aren't even that fucking big. And then no. when I shoved this fucking guy with all of my fucking might, he was like, oh, what the hell? I'm just joking. You little <laughs> fucking pussy. And I was like, that's all you had to do and you yeah. couldn't do it. And it's just a reflection of us as males. Maybe it's a reflection of me. Like I see him representing me as well. You know, yeah. I don't know. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you haven't focused on your mental health this year, now is the time to start. Listen, we've been cooped up tense, and honestly, we know the importance of our mental health. So let's stop pushing our thoughts, emotions, and feelings aside and get the help we need. See, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, and you can message your counselor at any time while setting up weekly video phone sessions. It's super convenient, and more importantly, it allows you to be safe in your own comfortable environment. And that personally helps me a lot. I've used BetterHelp and it was honestly amazing. And I get to talk to my counselor whenever I need him. So give it a try. You have nothing to lose. It's super convenient. Give it a go, my friend. So remember, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Genius Brain listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash genius. So, I mean, I told you I was part of YWAM, right? Yeah. And their headquarters is in Kona, Hawaii. Okay. Right. It's a really big like campus. And like on certain certain quarters, it's like 50% Korean because uh, I guess Koreans is the second um, com- uh, what's a country largest company or per capita country to send out missionaries next to the USA. Okay. And then it's like Norway or something. And so on this base, there's just be hella Koreans from Korea. And all the Korean Americans are like shitheads, <laughs> like bad kids that their parents forced them to of course. go to this thing. Like, where the fuck is cigarette, yeah. dude? You smoke. <laughs> exactly. We'd go off campus as a smoke. Yeah, of course. But, uh, but um, one of my friends uh, who went through, he's a pastor now, but he's all tatted up. He went to jail and shit. Um, he's from Atlanta. He was telling me like when he was uh, taking classes there too, like, it was one of those quarters where it's just like a bunch of Koreans and, you know, they play basketball too. So um, they've had basketball games. And then he said he just saw one of these white kids just be like, Bas- do you know how to play basketball? Basketball. You know what this is? Huh? Huh? And like just patronizing him like and just being a major douche. And these are fucking missionaries and Christians. My God. You know? And he did the same. He went up to that kid and he's like, what are you doing? Huh? What the fuck are you doing? Like he just let it out. He's like, if I ever see you do that again, I will fucking kick your ass. <laughs> and he said he turned to the Korean guy and he started yelling at him in Korean to stand yeah. up for himself yeah. too. And they almost kicked him out. Wow. Kicked my friend out for being that way. Instead of the fucking white kids that are so fucking racist on that How campus. Crazy is that you shit? hear me? YWAM, Kona, you have a fucking racism problem. I hope you guys and all your friends who know YWAM is, let them know. There's a fucking racism pro- problem there, man. How, yeah. how weird is that how that happens is where this perfect person who is, you know, being a little racist shithead, they're like, oh, well, this guy's too aggressive. It's like, oh, hold on a second. What's yeah. the reason why this happened? 
Like people don't ever look into that shit. It's just it's such an odd thing because it's acceptable. Yeah. You know, they're like, well, what's the problem here? <laughs> and it's unacceptable for us to be angry. Yeah. Well, you he know? was just asking him yeah. if he knew how to play a little basketball. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? And it's like, yeah, how do we, then, when, when we see that kind of behavior, right? How do we come to trust them then? Mm-hmm. How do we start to begin to trust you? Like, I'm supposed to be on missions with these people, you know? And one of the guys in my class was from Virginia, hardcore Southern pride dude. Wow. Like uh, Dixie flag, everything, you know, volleyball courts. Like I'm sitting on the bleachers with him and I'm just questioning him. And like, hey man, why do you rock that shit so hard? Yeah. It's like, it's not racist. It's heritage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your heritage is racist. It's fucking racist, man. It was about states' rights. Yeah, your right to keep slaves. Yeah, you you fucking dummy. They never... They don't actually fucking know a goddamn thing about what the hell's going on. Like from then, they they like literally sweep it on the run. Just like this is my culture. <laughs> what? <laughs> See, there's there's even certain towns like there's a. I mean, you guys could probably correct me if I'm wrong about this, but there was a place near Sacramento called El Dorado Hills, uh-huh. and I think like their their the mascot of this thing was somebody on a noose because it was called Hangtown. Wow. And, you know, it was the wow. same argument. It's like, while wow, you're trying to take down our heritage, <laughs> I got this black man hanging right here. What's the problem? Like, oh, my God. What do you mean? Like, I, I get it. It's, it's put it in the fucking museum. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have to put it in the fucking the, the center of the town, dude. Put it in the fucking museum. Right. And in that area, too, um, like, they found out the realtors that there's a certain clause when people were buying homes. I mean, it didn't affect who the home buyers were, but they didn't review um, the, the rules of the town in over like a hundred years. Yeah. And El Dorado Hills at the time was like a mining town or some shit, like a pit stop or some okay. shit. And um, one of the the rules was that there was no black people allowed to live in the neighborhood. <laughs> and when you read the contract or when you were signing the papers for the neighborhood or the area, it was still there that there was no black people allowed. Oh my gosh. Like Negroes weren't allowed. Oh God! <laughs> like you know, this this hush, this the history of this country is it's it's embedded here, and you know we we talk about this. The slavery wasn't that long ago, yeah. And on top of that, too, like just basic decent human rights given to people of color was only given recently. It's not that long ago, yeah. You know, and I I think it's um it's hard for people to kind of really recognize that and accept that. So because they feel like they're being punished for what people have done in the past, yeah. Which. Yeah, we get that, but we can't be dismissive of what this country has stood for for so fucking long. And it's only been until recently that we're, you know, and even now too, we talk about equality, but people don't see it now even till this day. Things are just kind of swept under the rug. Yeah. It's hard to deal with. I mean, it, it reminds me of like, I'm okay, so I don't know if this is a, a sidestep, but then I just finally finished Attack on Titan. Okay. Okay. And I saw the the entire big picture of what all this was about, right? Mm-hmm. Like the sins of the past, like people they don't even know or or hardly connected to except by blood or something like i get it like should people today have to pay for you know what happened in the past or is it going to continue this perpetual cycle of just of hate and war and killing do you know korean people who just hate japanese people like straight up used to be me It's like, yeah, I'm talking about a mess. Yeah. yeah, I had to be reformed. I had to be reformed. Dude, there was this kid named Andrew Jang, uh-huh. and he hated Japanese people. This guy was the weirdest person I've ever met. But he always be like, do you know what they did? Yeah, no, Why do you eat sushi? <laughs> dude, this guy hated Japanese people, dude. Yeah. He hated all like the third, fourth generation Japanese people here that were like, their parents, their grandparents were in internment camps. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? They were they were put in internment camps. They have nothing to do with what's going yeah. on over there. But this will, whenever the topic of like Japan came up, 
he would just flip the fuck out. He would hate, he hated them so much. I actually saw this dude's dick multiple times. I didn't want to see his dick. I, I, <laughs> you know how I first met this fool? So, so in Korea, we have like ginger bongs, like saunas, yeah, right? So, yeah. you know, when you're in the bathroom or you're butt naked or whatever, you know, this is not how we do it in the fucking States. Yeah. So this guy, I developed, there's two people, and I mentioned this before, I that my uh, Kim Jong Il character was created from. It was this guy Andrew Jang, and then my my uh, Komobu, my uncle, <laughs> yeah. on my on my dad's side. Uh, 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 so he, <laughs> this fool, I I went into my friend's dorm. Uh, my buddy Scott lived into this in this dorm called AI, and I was spending the night over there because I was like, I'm not gonna go back to my dorm. I'm just gonna crash here. So I go into the bathroom to brush my fucking teeth, and I see this dude butt naked over a sink with his dick out, just. No muscle on his body whatsoever. He just looked like a sack of jello. And he's just brushing his teeth and his little kochu just, just wagging back and forth like a little puppy's tail. Just He's like, he's not moving the brush. He's moving, he's moving his, body. his body. Just just brushing his teeth and his dick just wiggling. And he turns over and I look at him. I just go, okay. And just close the door. And then I go back and I wait. And that's the first time I ever saw him. And because that was so traumatizing to me, I remember he came out the bathroom. He had a white wife beater on blue basketball shorts, these black flip-flops, and the towel and a white towel over his neck. Yeah. And I just was traumatized. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Happened to me twice. And then finally somebody came up to me and was like, hey bro, no dicks out in the bathroom, man. Yeah. <laughs> like keep that in the shower. This is typically not what we do. And he learned it the, learned the hard way. This guy was so fucking odd though, because there was a guy named Daryl Ajima. Um he was he was uh one of the doormates. Japanese the, Yeah, fourth generation Japanese guy, yeah. right? His, his mom worked for the post office and shit, as American as it gets. And Daryl would be trying to come into the dorm room while we're kicking it and talking, right? So one night it was me, our buddy Young, and then a few other people. I think it was Scott and some other people. We were chilling in the dorm, just chopping it up, just listening to Andrew's like bullshit stories about how cool he was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was very obscure, dude. I'm talking about yeah. this guy one time out of nowhere. He just goes, hey, you want to see my girlfriend? <laughs> Wait, is he, is he Bob from Korea? He's Bob okay. from Korea. Do, do you want to see my girlfriend? And then goes, okay, we'll show, show. He, and he gets up super fast, goes to his closet, brings out his yearbook, flips through the page, picks the hottest white girl. He goes, that's my girlfriend. Okay. I'm like, bro, I've never seen somebody lie so hard in my fucking life. This is my girlfriend. That's his voice. I'm not even lying. This is my girlfriend. Right, so he, he shows us this picture of this random hot girl. I'm like, yo, shut the fuck up. He goes, no, this is my girlfriend. I'm like, no, it's not, bro. Oh and this is the conversation that we're having before Daryl comes in. Daryl literally walks in the room. He looks at Daryl Jim and he goes, you Japanese, get out. What? <laughs> he goes, get out. And I'm like, what the fuck? Whoa. What's going on? And then me and my buddy Young, I'm looking at this. Like, What's wrong? He goes, he's a Japanese. Get out. I don't like a Japanese people. Yeah, because he he carried this animosity and hate for Japan because of you know the Korean pride or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> that's just who he was. He was very weird, dude. I mean, that's one thing to carry like your parents or your grandfather's hate with you. You know, like I mean, there's there's inspiration to be had. Like you know, if he was a your grandfather was a freedom fighter or yeah. this and that. 
but to carry along the hate that they carried with them is uh stupid <laughs> dude this guy literally said the most racist shit all the time about yeah. the craziest things i'm telling you because of him i probably own royalties for kim jong-il <laughs> the first time we went to a walmart right yeah. out of nowhere we're, we're daryl is driving us i don't even think he knows that daryl is japanese at this point because this is when we first met him and so we all went to walmart together to get stuff for us that we needed in the dorms right daryl was the one with the car so we go to fucking uh walmart and out of nowhere i shit you not he goes hey <laughs> do you know why there's a lot of black people have a have a kids and we're like why teen pregnancy and i'm like what the fuck is this guy on right now and i'm looking i'm like mad offended i'm like bro everybody roll up the fucking windows we're at a walmart right now oh this guy's gonna get our gosh. fucking ass beat this dude was weird dude this other dude named herschel i remember one time because we used to fuck with this guy so much because of how odd he was and yeah. he was mad racist so he got so mad because this dude Herschel uh, went on Photoshop and he put a picture of his face and superimposed it on this fo this photo of Dwayne Wade Duncan, but he put it on Dwayne Wade's dick. <laughs> Low effort, but high returns. <laughs> high returns. And this dude got pissed. Right? Is that brack? <laughs> yeah, he said brack a penis and my pace. So, what the what the hell, man? But and he and you know he left his Facebook open, so he put that as his profile yeah. pic, and it was just him with fucking you know hit him on Dwayne Wade's dick. So he comes out, and this guy used to always, and this is what I mean when Asian phrases and words like in Korean doesn't translate very well. Right. Like a very common phrase in Korean is do chugule, like yep. do you want to die? But he would always say that in English to people. <laughs> so he was like a do, psychopath. Do you want to die? Yeah. So he went to Herschel. He goes, hey, you want to die? Right? He goes, you want to die? I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Over this very simple prank. But this is the threat that he gave to him. He goes, you don't know. I'm a fourth degree black belt in, in Taekwondo. I'm a kick of U.S. Oh That's my God. threat. This guy's so fucking That's awkward, it. dude. That's it. Do you know where I come from? You know, from Chael Taekwondo? Yeah. I'm a kick of U.S. Yeah. This fool used to say the best phrases. There was this other guy named Andrew that was a part of this group called uh, KCCCC, right? Oh, is that like a student association? Korean Christian Crusaders for Christ. Nice. Stupidest <laughs> fucking names ever, dude. You guys need some rebranding. But this guy, Andrew, was also, this other Andrew was also very fucking annoying. And they had this very serious conversation while we were eating dinner at the commissary. And I, I, this is what the conversation was. This is how fucking ridiculous these humans being, human beings were. Andrew tells him, he goes... Yeah, I'm a first degree black belt in Taekwondo. And he goes, like, do what? And this other guy, Andrew's like, what are you going to do if I have a gun? He goes, I'll just shoot you. He goes, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm a two past. I'm a catch up. Yo, and listen to this part. He goes, I'm two past. Before you even shoot me, I have a gun in my hand. <laughs> Dog. Ed. So they're demonstrating this. At the fucking dinner table. This is the one KCCC uh, dinner thing I went to and I never went again. <laughs> he goes, I'm going to, he goes, fine. This is a gun. This guy grabs a fork, points it at him and he grabs it out of his hand. He goes, see, you're a dead. <laughs> <laughs> and they start arguing about who would survive. Either this guy with the gun or him and his fucking fourth degree Taekwondo black belt skills. Oh, this, and they're legit arguing with each other. I'm like, you guys are the two dumbest motherfuckers I've ever met in my life. But then, uh, you know. 
I've met people like that, except they were in their forties. Oh my like, God, dude. They, he's like a, a youth pastor still. I think he's hitting fifties now, but he'd be the craziest egomaniac narcissist who was always talking about how he was a gangpe in his high school and like the stupid gang fights he would have. And, and who the fuck like, cares? Yeah. It's like, I don't think any of us care about this pastor. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to love that shit at church when they would bring these pastors to like reform us. He's like, I used to be in a gang. You know what I used to do? I used to kill people. I was like, dude, none of us here have a gang problem. Yeah. <laughs> why, are you, why are you telling us this story? This is the wrong crowd, bro. Dude, we had this guest pastor once to do a guest sermon. And he's like, you know, when I was in college, I go to the Porsche dealership to test drive you know, the cars, right? But then I drive it to UW and just drive down the avenue with the top down so people can see me, right? And we're like, okay. Cool Is story, that your testimony, bro. right? And he's like, you guys don't do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Dude, there are so many awkward people, man. Bro, I... Hold up, my friend. This podcast is brought to you by IPVanish. For those of you who don't know, IPVanish is a VPN or a virtual private network that helps you safely browse the internet. Simply put, if you are on your computer doing just about anything and you don't have a VPN by IPVanish, you are insane. People and web stupers are all up in your business, and I'm not judging anything you're looking at online, but that's your business and your business alone. Everybody else can kiss ass. Here's everything you get with IPVanish. Anonymous IP addresses. This means your personal IP address can't be tracked by anyone on the web circumvent any online censorship and get protection when using public wi-fi so basically nobody can snoop on your data or see what you're doing online yes so go to ipvanish.com slash brain claim your 65 percent savings they have plans starting at just 349 a month or 27.99 a year this is the time to sign up ip vanish is the best of the best even rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot, and that's with more than 6,000 reviews so show these guys some love remember it's ip ipvanish.com slash brain to get the deal and start protecting yourself online today. Let me tell you this shit. So there was another kid. He actually turned out to be a really cool dude. Um, when, when, and this is where I wish I had a lot of empathy when I was younger because empathy is very fucking important. Yeah. I would have definitely talked to this guy way differently and treated him way differently if I was empathetic. Right. But instead, I used to beat his ass all the time. So <laughs> I was going to say so, but old David. <laughs> but old David beat this fool's ass. And, you know, given he was very, very fucking obnoxious, he knows how fucking annoying he was too. Right. Because when he became really cool later on, I was able to talk to him and converse with him. So at church... He was, his father was a, a deacon, right? Yeah. And, and he, this dude actually knew the Bible in and out very fucking well because his father would, you know, force him to read the Bible. Yeah. But because of his cockiness and his knowledge of the Bible, this dude would just, he would either choose to pretend like he didn't know what he was talking about, or he would shove his Christian knowledge in everybody's face. Okay. And this dude was my age. Everybody used to fuck with this guy because he used to get on everybody's nerve on purpose. Right. So there was this guy, his all his name was Chris. I think we used to call him Tank. He was like half Mexican, half Korean. Well, during this time, he was what, three or four years older than us. So he was our Bible study teacher, yeah. right? He was our interim Bible study teacher before somebody else came in. So one time, and this was like my last draw with him, he used to do shit that used to piss me off. But Chris was making us go around and just read a verse out of the Bible before we can continue Bible study. So it comes to this guy. His name is Daniel. 
I won't say his last name. He's a nice guy. But Daniel is sitting there. He goes, I'm not going to read. And we're just like, bro, we just want to go and play yeah, basketball. Just get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you just finish up the verse, right? And he just goes, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to read it. And then Chris is like, Daniel, can you please read it? Like, so we could just, you know, we could finish up and then we could move on. It's important for, you know, the small group thing. He goes, I'm not going to do it. And he starts laughing and smiling. Oh, God. Bro, I got so fucking mad because I, I just wanted to leave. And this went on. He's arguing with Daniel for like, a, I don't know, like a, maybe 30 seconds or it felt like an hour, but it's probably like 30 seconds. Yeah. I got so fucking pissed. And I still remember because at the church, we used to have this like melon bar colored chair that was plastic <laughs> and it, it was these chrome handles on the, uh-huh. on the, I grabbed literally the chair with him in it. I'm, I'm, we're the same age. Yeah. I'm like fucking 13 or 14. Oh, shit. I'm this size though. And I literally pick him up in the chair. I lift it up. He's still in the chair and I throw him out of the classroom with the chair. And I fucking slam the door. And then we go back out and then we start doing the church service again. I was so pissed. I literally picked up a dude my age in the same chair and I chucked him out of the bike. And then this dude, Chris, was just shocked. Like, oh, he didn't know what was going on. I was like, bro, just fucking finish up and read this. Like, just do yeah. it. And then we finished it up. Let me tell you how much of an asshole this dude was. This dude one time at church pissed off this other fob uh, Korean Bible study teacher so bad. The guy kicked him out of this. He literally threw him out, grabbed him by the scuff of his shirt, threw him out. And when he tried to get up, he kicked him in the ass again. <laughs> and he shaky kicked him. <laughs> and, and he flew out. This guy was such a fucking asshole. But I actually found out when he became really cool. And I actually went back to the church later on for some fucking reason. I, I don't know why, because I went to a different church for a yeah. bit. And I met up with him. I talked to him. And the reason why he was such a fucking asshole was because he hated his life at home. Mm. He didn't get along with his mom, didn't get along with his dad because his parents really focused on his younger daughter. His 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 sister was a little brat. Right. And he resented his family so fucking much. So what happened was that he would put all that resentment and angst and anger into us. Right. So he would be an asshole and fuck with us because at home he hated being at the house. Mm. I didn't know. So instead what I did was I beat the living shit out of him every week. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, didn't fucking, I made it worse. I was beating the fucking shit out of this guy because he was being an asshole to me. Yeah. But all it took for me was to ask him what was going on. And I never really did that. Well, that's going to help me a lot to walk through something I'm going through right now. Mm-hmm. A few time, few weeks before I told a story about Christian artist Sam Ock, mm-hmm. right? About this weird experience where he tried calling me out for ruining someone's career, you know, and that's another weird situation. And then completely just ignoring me the entire day. And I expressed my anger on this podcast, just being like, Sam Ock, if I see you, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> you, you know, in, in the blood of a G yes. <laughs> Um, Well, he messaged me. <laughs> He messaged me to apologize, you know? He was like, hey, Ed, uh, I saw that episode with you on David So's Genius Brain, and I just want to say I'm sorry, you know, because I was a jerk and, like, full of, you know, his head was really big because he was doing really well as an artist at the time, and that he was just a hypocrite, you know? And then he said, I really want to thank David for having my back. <laughs> but he didn't have to defend me. <laughs> really but, wasn't then, <laughs> but he's also said, you know, if there was a way we could meet up and talk about this, then I would. But all I can say now is just like, I'm sorry, you know. That's really good of him. Yeah. And that Blood of I'm Jesus. an inspiration to help him lose weight or some shit. Mm-hmm. 
to totally disarm me. <laughs> you <know? laughs> hey, you, t- you took my rage away, yeah, man. All my vitriol is just like shit, right? Uh-huh. But as I was texting back, everything I said was, I don't give a fuck or, okay, let me delete that. If I see you, nah. <laughs> it's like, man, it's because of people like, ah, I don't, I didn't have a response. Like, unless it was still fucking anger. Like, I still don't know what to say, you know? And when you said about what the hell was going on with that guy back home, and I guess acting like a brat, maybe acting like a sister was gonna, I don't know, do something for him. But for me... He should have changed his game plan. I was like, yeah. bro, you literally got your ass beat every Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> you should have switched it up at least, I don't know, at year six. <laughs> you know? This is a different, you know, strategy. Yeah. But... I started saying it was because I still have this fucking resentment over the church mm. and like Korean church people specifically. I think I felt like maybe everything I want to say about my old home church or like the fucked up pastors I've had in my life or, you know, mm. the Christian artists who, who fucking like left, like really deceived me too. You know, like, do you know who Phil Wickham is? Yes, I do. I fucking love his music, Mm -hmm. dude. And I hate him. I hate him as a person. Really? I fucking, so I I used, you know, pro presenter, it's it's like PowerPoint, but you can have like animated backgrounds with like the lyrics on the screen. I'm pretty fucking good at that shit, you Mm -hmm. know? And um, I did it for my friend's album and whenever he do live shows. So he opened up for Phil Wickham and- so my friend had a really dope like lyric screen as as he was performing because I could sync the lyrics and animation to him playing live. Uh, but when Phil Wickham went up, it's his wife is just kind of clicking next, 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 and it's just black screen with text. Yeah. So after the show, Phil Wickham is like, "Yo, can we sit down?" I'm like, "What? You want to talk to me?" Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and he's like, "Yeah, dude, your those lyric videos like that person is just like amazing, like." I want you to go on tour with me this summer. You know, I, I want, can you, I want you to create animations for my lyrics. I want you, cause like I rely on this, you know, cause it's worship, you know, everybody sings along, but he wants to have like a visual presentation and he's just, we're just chopping it up and I'm getting so much praise from this guy. He's like, Ed, I'm serious. We're sitting like lap to lap on this pew. And he's like, looking me in the eye, this is going to happen. I want to pay you. I want you to make videos for me. I want you to go on tour with me. And I'm also going to Africa in August. I want you to be there with me and, you know, help me film the whole thing. I was like, oh my God, yes. Yes, yeah. I will. You know, this biggest opportunity in my life. And he goes, that's great. Big fat hug. Shook my hand. He's like, it's going to happen, man. You know, and he left for the rest of the tour. Um, no contact information. <laughs> I'm fucking emailing this guy and his record company and I'm like getting, I'm actually packing my shit. Yeah. I'm getting ready to be gone for months at a time on a tour bus. Yeah. You know? Um, and I finally get a hold of his record label or his manager or something. And I was like, I said the whole story and then they reply back. Yeah, that's not happening. That was it. That was fucking it. How random. I know, right? So I think all of that hate for like people like him, fucking other two-faced Christian artists I've met, um, 
you know, when you go out and you actually like work in the Christian music industry, like these people are, some of these people are fucking trash, man. Yeah. And like, cause I've seen it within and how crazy would it be? Pastors. Phil Wickham DMs you. Yeah. Hey man, I heard the Jesus. <laughs> I was a, I was a, he's like, he's like, a jerk. He's like, hey, listen, I actually deal with crazy anxiety and I was so embarrassed <laughs> that, I, that I didn't get your fucking number and I left <laughs> that I couldn't contact you back because I was too embarrassed. <laughs> I hit him up, man. I hit up every kind of way of contact through his website or his record label or whatever. And it was just like, that's not happening. Yeah. You know? And I... And I told that story of those three pastors who fucking like screwed me out of a stupid fucking thousand bucks. You know what you it know? is too? It's for me, and I know this sounds really weird, right? It's, I hold Christian people to a higher standard because you put yourself there. Yeah. You put yourself there. You're the one who talks about grace, about love, about kindness. Exactly. So because that is the mantle that you choose to be on like that's you i'm gonna hold you to that fucking standard so when you when somebody who's a piece of shit does piece of shit things i i'm not surprised right right but when you're out in the forefront and you talk about god's grace god's love and this is who you are it is a major part of your fucking identity yeah and then you do that type of stuff of course it's going to sting a little bit more i'm going to remember it a lot more than when that fucking piece of shit screwed me over yeah because i almost expected it out of them right and, and then so you learn unless like i should have known better but mm -hmm. i fucking trusted you christian man <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like so when you know when when people you know what it's it's it, there's just there's layers to it it's almost I feel like that person is being very op opportunistic about, you know, he's like, oh, I know that I had this Christ thing so I can get to know this person a little more and yeah. I could probably ask them and they're a lot more comfortable with me. Yeah. And so you almost feel taken advantage of them. They're actually using their religion against you. It's, it, it's layers to this shit. So like recently too, there was a, um, a, they're not Christian artists, but they were very forefront about their Christianity, right? This whole scandal came out about them. You know them, who, who they are too. And I, and I love these people to death. They're really, really good people. But the reason why they're getting crucified so hard or why they did and why they were so scared to, to reveal a lot of the bad stuff that they've done in the past was simply because they put themselves on this Christian pedestal. Right. So when you do that, people expect a certain thing out of you. Right. And so, you know, it, it was fear. They didn't want to talk about, you know, all, all the dirt that they did in the past. Like they had to deal, deal with infidelity and everything else. Yeah. Um, about them cheating and, you know, all this, like having kids out of wedlock and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, well, if you didn't put up this goody two shoes image of yourself. Yeah. If you didn't make people feel like you were this perfect human being, whether you did it on purpose or not. You wouldn't have to have felt that you had to hide these flaws. Yeah. These flaws are inherently a human thing. Yeah. See, because I could say right now to people wonder on this podcast all the time, David, do you believe in God? I do. I grew up as a Christian my whole life. The problem with me is that, or maybe not the problem is that the reason why I don't shine it in front of everybody else is because number one, it makes me feel like I'm shitting on somebody else. It makes yeah. me feel like I'm saying I'm better than you. And I'm not. If anything else, I'm probably just as bad or worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, just it's the fact that you're keeping it fucking real. Yeah. You know, you you walk your talk, you know, and, and you fucking mean what you say when you say it, you know. And I think I just got so fucking tired because, you know, where I'm coming from. Like I sold my shit. I was homeless yeah. on purpose. I went to these other countries and stuff. And the, 
my whole reality breaking was just I'm coming home back to other Christians and they're too scared or they don't want to do the things. And, and so I questioned why I even did the things I did. Like, what is a Christian, you know? And so, you know, I, I would try to, you know, I was trying to get into doing like Christian music industry stuff before I did any, like whatever I'm doing now. And just meeting, like I said, shitty artists, like, look, Sam Ox literally working with a guy I personally fucking hate too from Seattle, mm. you know? <laughs> and that was another thing. Like I wanted to tell him, oh, and that guy you're working with, like, wait, he doesn't need to know that, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know? But I have major fucking beef with him and this fucking guy. So while I was still in Washington at my store, had the fucking gall to ask me to help him out with this next music video. And it's like, dog, I fucking hate you because of the music videos we've done. Yeah. Man, like he doesn't seem to see that we ever had a problem. He just like swept it under the rug, you know? And I would just, I guess I was just getting triggered by Sam just for being who he is. But then I, I'm like blinded by that rage. Like I can't get over like, yeah. I don't know how to just be like, yeah, it's cool. It's like, because I don't feel like it's cool. <laughs> and once again, it's, it's, you know, I think it has a lot to do with, you know, you expect something better from somebody like that. Yeah. And then it's just, it's cyclical. Like you've seen this happen to you so many times. And so it's just like the last straw. It's like, why the fuck is it that every fucking Christian person I meet, these Christian artists who are supposed to be this, this example of holiness yeah. fall so far from grace, but they get to still, you know, gallivant around as if they are holy. Like what the, f there's hypocrisy in it. And that's the part that bothers me a they, lot. They, they live off of God's grace because God is forgiving them, mm -hmm. right? And so the idea is this, like if I was still a hardcore practicing Christian, then I'm supposed to forgive Sam because Christ died for me, right? He's forgave my sins. Therefore, who am I to be unforgiving, right? But when I let go of all that, a very unhealthy thing happened. I lost my concept of forgiveness, mm. you know, and I don't know how to forgive people anymore because Christ used to be the arbiter between, you know, our beef. But now I'm like, he's out the picture. Now it's just you and me, motherfucker. You know, yeah. how about what, what is the apology without Jesus kind of thing? And, but he did, he said it. He said it actually didn't have much to do about Jesus. He just said he was a hypocrite. You know what's interesting? I don't know why I can't get over it. I don't know if I, you know, when you, when you say that, I don't know if I really forgive people. Mm. I think I have an ability to say, you're dead to me. Right. <laughs> and then I move on. I right. just go, oh, you're a piece of shit. You're dead. There are some people too. They don't understand. They think this is heartless. There's a lot of people I know that not I know, but people I don't like, if they die tomorrow, I'd have no problem shitting on their grave. <laughs> Like, it's kind of like when I see a dead cat, like, I don't even like cats. I could literally, and people get so turned off by that. They go, oh, why would you say such a thing? It's like, cause I don't fucking care about you. I actually yeah. dislike you. There are, there are a few people in this entertainment, entertainment space. If they fucking die tomorrow, I'd be like, bro, I hope I get to see your grave so I could make a picnic yeah. on it. Man, then, so much more oxygen to have for myself now. Yeah. <laughs> now that you're not I here. would have a picnic on your gravesite and eat the foods that you hated the most. Yeah. <laughs> you piece of fucking shit. I know quite a few people like that. Yeah. But for me, like, 
And I always talk about like forgiveness is healing, right? If you can truly forgive somebody, it, you know, it makes you feel better because it, it's not on your heart and your conscience anymore. Yeah. That's why I, I've i done it so well. Maybe my version of forgiveness is more like, I just don't have space for it's you. It's gone, yeah. It's like so, I literally like... feel nothing about you. When you succeed, whether you fail anything about it, I feel absolutely nothing. Right. Like, you know, Okay, I think my my concept of forgiveness is, like I said, still stuck on the way Christianity goes about forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know? It, and I just couldn't get over the hump of, how do you even forget? <laughs> like, yeah. How am I going to fucking forget this shit, you know? Yeah. Um, also, too, it's just like, you know, forgiveness also has to do with an idea of, of grace, right? Uh, yeah. Let's say aside from God, right? It's yeah. like... Would you want somebody to be able to forgive you the same way that you could forgive this person? Right. 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 If, if you truly became a better person and you apologized, it would be nice if that person forgives you or not. The, the, the difference is, is that the power is really within you. You don't have to forgive somebody, right? Just because somebody apologizes doesn't mean you have to accept it. Mm. Whether that person feels a certain way about it or not, they go, well, that's unfair. Doesn't fucking matter. You do not, you do not say sorry, expecting that person to forgive you. You say sorry because you know that you fucked up and that's where you leave it at. So, you know, the forgiveness part is completely up to you, whether you want to or not. It's just that I know that when you do forgive, it just feels better. Right. It feels better for you. You know, yeah, I'm even reading a like a self help book about it, and then it's just like their forgiveness things. Yeah, just forget it. Like, this shit doesn't fucking help. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're gonna have to let it go. What the fuck? Like, what am I, Raya? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is this? What is this? A shitty fucking yeah, Disney film? I uh, know. But, you know, I, I think to disarm myself too, like, yeah, I think the fucking threats I made were like a projection of just what I want to say to other people and all the people that hurt me. It's not yeah. like what he did really fucked my shit up, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it was just like that anger I had just carried on and just I just pointed it at him. Yeah. Right. And then that's at least the kind of piece I can go towards to be like, I don't think I really meant I was going to fuck this guy up. Yeah. I just had this anger and it went on him. I just don't even like being angry anymore. That's right. why, you know, just to go back to what we were talking about before, like the, the, the trauma porn. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to do that now. It's hard for me to get super angry because right. it literally eats away at my very soul. Like it kills me on the inside. It feels like I'm rotting on the inside and that, and every time I watch more of it, I want to watch, I will watch it. I want to watch it more and more, no matter how it makes me feel. It actually makes me feel fucking terrible Mm. and it doesn't cause me to do stuff for positive change. So what am I really doing here? Yeah. You know, like I just hate feeling that way. See, then that's now my problem, right? It's not like. I have Sam Ock porn. I'm sorry, that was sounding bad. <laughs> Sam Ock content. This will just play Christian music with his dick yeah. on an acoustic guitar. <laughs> Sam Ock content. It's not like I'm scrolling through his shit, you know? It's not like I'm like, I, you know, actively looking at what he's up to or whatever. Um, it's just in my head. It's just layers just, of it. Yeah, I'm just getting into my own, you know, time machine in my brain or just putting in the movie again and replaying what made me angry. Like even getting angry, it's, it's weird because now I like I probably will never ever get into a fight, right? But there's yeah. moments where I get really uh, disappointed in myself when I get fucking angry because I had to go through like uh, anger management and counseling because yeah. I didn't know how to deal with my fucking rage. Yeah. And um, there are flashbacks of, of my life when I was younger where I remember just going red and it's bad you know Mm -hmm. there was this one time when i was in high school and i always 
when I get irritated and mad, that's why like even when Mariel and I used to fight a lot, I always tell her to give me space because I need the space. Because I need to nuke. Right? Yeah, because I'm gonna fucking explode. You know, not hurt her, but yeah. just like hurt myself. I'll punch a wall, I'll break something, you know? Yeah. It's stupid shit, you know? Yeah. But like there was this one time I remember I, I just I was kind of like sick of getting bullied so much. And so at, at this point, it's like, you know what? Anybody can fucking get it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Right. And so I was there's this AMPM really close to my house. I used to get like Arizona iced teas at all the time after I played basketball. Yeah. Well, one time I was there with a couple of homies and these weren't like high school friends. These were friends that I grew up um, near my parents' store and they, you know, they're very bad people. Yeah. But when you're like around these group of people and we were talking about this with the China Mac podcast, how you kind of emulate their behaviors. But because I felt like such an insignificant, insecure little bitch, I always had to one up and do more things. Right. Yeah. And that would just lead to just me being unnecessarily angry all the fucking time. Because I always thought there was somebody who looked, who thought of me as lesser than, who thought they could punk me and bully me. Yeah. Like, should you fucking not? I'm not even sure I told this on the podcast. Well, this is a big part of my shame. So when I get angry, I always think about this time of how uncouth and how uncultured and how stupid I was. There's this dude. And when you when, when I tell the story, you might think that this guy deserved it because just I was walking outside and I was remember I was wearing this like big baggy pink t-shirt. It was like a pink t-shirt. And at the time wearing pink wasn't really cool. Yeah. But what well, I like pink. And so I was wearing that shit. And I was walking outside the AMPM. This guy walked at me, go, What's up, faggot? Calls me a faggot. Whoa. I don't even blink. I turn around and I just start wailing on him. I'm talking about fist to his fucking teeth. I cracked his face so fucking hard. I actually knocked out either like the side tooth or it was like the two front teeth. <laughs> and I just kept wailing on him. Bow, bow, bow. And the only thing I could think about was number one, I don't even think I was that angry. Mm. It was number one, I got angry because of the idea that somebody out there could think that I'm a little bitch and he was doing it in front of these people who I was trying to prove yeah. to myself that I was something that I wasn't. And I think about that type of rage and I get embarrassed and I get ashamed. Yeah. So like when I think about anger and rage, I always go back to that one moment where I remember after that too, by the way, I went home and I cried. Like I cried because I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you, why are you, why did you do that? Like yeah. you literally just beat the shit out of this you guy. You could have died or I you could have been in jail. I could have yeah. killed that guy yeah. for what? For what the fuck was I doing? But I used to be so angry all the time. I hate anger. I don't like being angry anymore. And I did that just to prove a fucking point. Like, what was the point of this? Yeah. Like, why am I so mad all the time? Some, sometimes when I think of it, that shit haunts me because it's like, dude, I literally mauled this dude for no fucking reason because he called me a faggot. Yeah. You know, what yeah. was the what was the point of this? Why did you do that? When I look at anger, I look at stupidity now. It's like unless it's like directed at the right place, I'm creating content, I'm doing something purposeful with it. Yeah. But when I carry rage like that for no reason, it reminds me of a time where I was really stupid. That's why I don't like being angry anymore. Yeah. Because it makes you do dumb things. When I get mad like that, I start feeling uh disappointed in myself. Because I remember mm. that time where I punched this dude. I literally beat the shit out of this guy. And by the way, I don't feel good about it either because he wasn't even near my size. He was like yeah. a dude that was like maybe five foot seven, five foot eight. I'm like six one. And I <laughs> wailed on this dude yeah. and I beat the shit out of him for no fucking reason. Yeah. So when I think about rage, I think about how stupid it is. Like this is dumb. When mo most people talk about fights, when people confront you like that, you can walk away most of the time. 99.9% yeah. .9 you can walk away. Yeah. Edric told this one fucking story where there was these vatos that were sitting outside of a liquor store. Edric had his socks rolled up all the way high. Guy walked up. He goes, what's up, fool? What the fuck your socks so high for? Put it, roll them down. <laughs> what? You know what Edric did? The motherfucker rolled his socks down. <laughs> and he went in and he got his fucking drinks. Okay. Yeah. You know, rage, it just, it, it eats away at you. It just, I don't want to do anything in life that takes away from me anymore. I just refuse. Yeah. I 
don't want to do it anymore. It's like the same reason why I lost weight. Why did I carry this weight here? It's eating away at me. Just these these excuses that I make about why I'm big, why I want right. to stay fat. Same thing with rage. It just takes too much. Anger takes too much from me. And I get nothing in return. I literally get nothing. That's true. I guess what my excuse is, is justice. Like, but this happened to me and it wasn't fair. You know? He's he's yeah. five foot two. God got him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. He's a nice little five foot two guy. He's shaped like a Lego. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, that's what I mean. Like, why am I so angry at yeah. him? And uh, yeah, I don't think it's him. It was just my rage against the church and Christianity all around in general, the quote unquote Christian industry mm. too. That I think that's what I'm carrying. And the excuse also being that like, I don't want to let go of this resentment until I see blood. But it's like, is that true, man? <laughs> like, I mean, I... We, we think that, but every time you're not ever going to be satisfied. Yeah. Let's say whatever sense of justice that you have, it gets fulfilled. Well, when you're going to get angry about something else, and then you're going to have to quench that sense of justice again, over mm -hmm. and over and over. And it's, it's, a, it's a never ending well. You just can't fill this well up. It doesn't happen that way, you know? Yeah. That's, that's why now when I get angry, I just, I literally just have to let it go because I know for a fact, I have a very short amount of time on this earth. If I carry every second that I waste being mad at somebody, they're literally taking away from me. It's like, it's like those kids that we make fun of online where I make a joke or a comment, or I have an opinion about something they disagree with. And I find it hilarious that they're sitting there in their room brewing and upset <laughs> that they have to type this thing that they want me to fucking die. And it makes me laugh. But I've now taken away joy from them yeah. that they can't get back. Yeah. And it makes me laugh. I refuse to give that to somebody else. Right. So I guess what I ultimately have to do is just grow the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so weird because the simplistic solution is what that book says, right? You just have to learn how to let it go. Yeah. But I think for me, I look at it as it's not so much just letting go too. It's like, this is better for me. Yeah. Like I'm gaining something now rather than losing time, wasting it on this bullshit. That's why now on the podcast, I mentioned it before. I like positive comments because those people are the ones that deserve my attention. Even ones that they disagree with what I'm saying, I still like it. Yeah. As long as somebody's not calling me a fucking loser or some weird, weird shit, I'm not going to like their comment, you know? It's probably because I'm like recognizing the radicalization of me where I was so fucking hardcore Christian. And now I'm like, you know what? I actually made a vow. I made a vow when I left the church where I was like, none of these fucking Christians I know know a goddamn fucking thing about Jesus. Yeah. None of them actually know a thing about theology or even salvation, you know? And I literally said, I vow to take down every fake fucking Christian I see with the knowledge I have of how the Bible actually, you know, what it means and what it says and what Jesus means kind of thing. And I, that's the crazy part. That's supposed to be the word of life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Using it yeah. against them. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll straight up pull up verses to show how fucking fake Christians are, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I, I, okay, so I'm going to tell this story. The first time I was on your podcast, I told this story about those pastors and what I experienced leaving my church because I was, I had a bad drug problem and they didn't do a goddamn fucking thing, even though I confessed these things. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was just like, fuck it, fuck, fuck them all. But this one kid, he's like 22. His, his name is Ed Park. Okay. <laughs> right. Super nice kid. 
really great kid. And he texted me and he's like, I heard the podcast, like so crazy. I didn't know any of this about you. That's, that's the general um, kind of message I got from the old church people. It was like, whoa, Edward, we didn't know you went to Iraq or we didn't know you did. Da, da, da. We didn't. I was like, you guys never asked me. Yeah. <laughs> I was gone for a year. Yeah. <laughs> no, none of you guys wanted to get to know me. Yeah. And I was just stood in the back. And then what I heard from people was like, oh, that's Ed. He's a Christian, but he like cusses a lot. You know, and he smokes. Hey, fuck you, guy. <laughs> In the blood of Jesus Christ, fuck you. How about For that? God loved the world so fucking much that yeah. he gave his one and only fucking son. Yeah. You know, and and I, I, I was so upset, like, that, man, you guys couldn't do the basic thing of asking me for my testimony. And now you guys are shocked about everything I know. And you want to get to know me now. And I was so resentful of that. And then I actually went off on this kid about that. I was like, dude, why didn't you just fucking ask me? You know, I was like, now, like, look at me. Like, you could be me in 15 years, dude. Like, either you can grow up and be a faithful man or you look at me. Just be a drug addict, fucking degenerate, you know, who vows to take down Christians. And I told him, too, it's like, I know the Bible way more than you, you know, like, mm -hmm. what are you going to do about it? And I said this shit to him that probably questioned his existence, yeah. you know? Um, but his answer was like, well, I guess I should read the Bible. I need to learn theology, you know? And I was like, yeah, good. Don't be Ed Park me in the yeah. future. It's like, you have a way better chance if you do it the right way, man, you know? You know, it's, it's also, it also kind of brings up the subject and the topic of, you know, what's better? Is it better to know Christ as when you're, when you didn't know him growing up? Or do you, is it better to know Christ just when it was forced upon you as a kid? Right. There's a lot of these kids who grow up in these churches. They don't know God. Right. They don't know God. They don't know scripture. They don't know theology because it was a given to them. You are in my family. Thus you believe in God. Yeah. There are people who have accepted like Christ later on in life, whether they had that epiphany or, or a revelation to yeah. them and they seek God in a different way. We could call it God or truth or whatever the fuck that it is. Right. Right. Or they needed it. Mm -hmm. Right. They, they needed an answer or they had a crisis or whatever. They needed hope. You know, those things like where that they rest in. And then there's literally 90 plus percent of them like who just like, hey, they could have grown up in a Buddhist family and just felt the exact same way about Buddhism. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just depending on their environment or who they were born to. Like the they, weird thing is for me is like my biggest aversion towards Christianity is Christians. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's why I hate going to church because I have to be around these people. Yeah. It's like they, they come up to me and, they, you know, they're like, hey, how are you? You should come to our small group. I'm, and then the first thing I want to say is like, I will break your fucking teeth and yeah. get away from me. It's just you can like feel the fakeness or yeah. you can feel this forced thing. Like you say this every week to everybody. Yeah. And you just hope that there's a chance that somebody will show up. That's like, you know, one of the guys from the pickup whatever people oh yeah yeah i remember i was hanging out with one of those guys with abe and everywhere we went he would hit up on every girl and like same pickup line same thing. all that and to them it's a game of statistics like if i hit up a hundred girls one girl will we'll say, say yes. yes yeah so and that's like if christians you take a good look at yourself about the way you go about doing your thing pickup artist pickup artists yeah, yeah this, it's it's weird, like, because even when you bring that up, like, there's a, a church that I like to go to um, when they were open, is, and the biggest reason why is because they don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> I go no in. No pressure. I'll say hi. I'll say good morning. You know, that feels great. 
But when they start pressuring me to come into small group and all this other stuff and tell me what I should or shouldn't do, that's where I draw the line. I'm like, I come here because I want to listen to scripture. Yeah. And I want to learn these life lessons and, and it makes me feel good. The moment they start coming to me and they're like, yo, come over to small group. I'm like, I will break your legs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just this weird space I have with yeah. my faith. Like I just, I like Christianity. I don't like the people. Right. And I don't know how that works for me. So part of my therapy um, when I was leaving Washington was, yeah, the radicalization where I was just so fucking angry and done with this racism shit that I started recognizing my generalization of just white people in general, you know, where I can't trust nobody, none of them, none of them are good. And I'm like, wait, that's not fucking true. You know, <laughs> it's like two fucking assholes made me angry today out of the hundreds that came through, you know? So one of the things I talked to my therapist was just like, I don't want to be a racist, mm -hmm. you know, and I can see my little ticks of it, like the generalization, just the resentment and the anger and things. And what they suggested was like, yeah, so you just have to meet good white people in your life and put more focus on them, which is why I hang out with Dan all the time. You yeah. know? But Dan's uh, barely white. Yeah. Dude. That feels yeah. so fucking Korean, he's so dude. so Korean, but it just is all bred on the outside. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like um, in the other case too, just dealing with like, why the fuck am I so angry at this guy? I was like telling myself, maybe I need to put more focus on the good Christians that are out there. Hard to fucking find. <laughs> the good Christians that are out there. Are you and, my friend uh, Sam Ock? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. Tell, no, I, I met a I met a guy at Kenny's house. Uh, he's a pastor at a pretty major church uh, mm -hmm. here in LA, and I didn't even know he was a pastor there. And we were just chilling, talking, hanging out, and I was sharing. And we talked about Christianity too. I didn't even know he was a pastor of this church, mm -hmm. and he was the coolest dude. And talking me through it. And then I looked at his Instagram. He's the pastor of a major church, you know? And I yeah. was like, fuck. And he still keeps in touch with me. He's like, it's a great guy, you know? Yeah. Like, focus on that. There are good Christians out there. Yeah. Know? Not that it's going to, like, make me want to go back and, like, do that crazy lifestyle again. Mm -hmm. But then that, yeah. This yeah, not I wouldn't like suggest you going on a nomad in, like, Korea and, like, a nomad yeah. journey. Getting kicked out of churches from church, you know, yeah. left and right. I, I would never do that shit. Even in my crazed moments of, like, uh, my hardcore belief, no, that's not happening. <laughs> They're like, hey, do you believe in God? I'd be like, yes, I do believe in God. Do you really believe in God, David? I 100% do. I, I want you to go to Korea, and I want you to walk around from church to church. I'm like, listen, there are other religions out there. <laughs> <laughs> that do not require me to do this crazy talk. Yeah. What are you talking about? I feel like now, because I've experienced so many different type of people, like, you know, I think that if I wanted to be like a racist, I could be the best racist ever. Dude. Okay. It's, it seems easy to be that dumb. Right? Yeah. You just have to say like the most ridiculous shit. Dude, I remember just, well, sometimes when I go online and I hear how racism and almost stupidity kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the way... Like there are so many like logical fallacies in how they think, but there's a lot of people who kind of corroborate their thoughts that make them believe that they're the smartest yeah. person in the room. Like you'll, you'll hear like, this is not, this by the way, is nothing that I've read before, but it'll be like some shit. Like, I don't know. It's like, ah, my name is Cletus and I'm here to talk about diversity. Well, <laughs> a lot of homosexuals talking about <laughs> diversity, don't they? Well, how diverse is it to be in a couple with two dicks? <laughs> <laughs> 
and then, and then people will be like, well, that's the smartest thing I've yeah. ever heard in my life. It's a confirmation bias soup. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a circle jerk. They're just jerking each other yeah. off. Right. Like I, like, like I make a joke about that, but that's the type of shit that you see online and they have like thousands of fucking likes. Yeah. Like, yeah. How diverse is that? Guess they don't like their own fucking medicine. Kind of tastes a little bitter. Disney. Yeah. I think diversity is when you have a vagina and a penis in one fucking yeah. couple. So it's two separate things. <laughs> you don't put the, the gasoline pump into the exhaust pipe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A real pastor said that once at Get a church. I was like, yeah, here, dude. dude. A famous one, Judah Smith. Justin Bieber's pastor. I used to go to his youth group, bro. Oh my I god! I heard him say that shit, dude. I heard. I he brought in a guest speaker, it was this crazy dude from Louisiana, and like, um, he was just fucking ragging on Rosie O'Donnell. He's like, "How dare Rosie O'Donnell point her fat finger and judge the president of the United States, George W. Bush? He is my friend, and he is a man of." God, right? And then he'd go off like, evolution? How how can evolution be true? Do you know how complicated the human eyeball is? You know, evolution says that a swamp can produce a beautiful Coke can. What? And they're like, that's not fucking that's not evolution. what evolution says, yeah. that shit. And he'd say shit like, you know, if if someone in your family or your friends is dying of cancer, it's because they have no faith. You need to have faith. You know, guess what? His wife died of cancer. Get the fuck out like of here. Years then he later, went, I read in the news. Like, oh my God. Like, then he goes, because my wife was a fucking charlatan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you should, right? Like, if you want to follow your theology. She never fucking believed. That's why she got the right. titty cancer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She got she got the mastectomy. That's the problem yeah, with her, man. right? For fucking titties, didn't believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so all these crazy shit and stories like. I, I guess I'm like still holding on with the anger part of that, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, that shit doesn't make me angry. It's just ridiculous and like funny to tell now. But yeah, I'm I, I to get over it is definitely more or less now a maturity thing, I think. Yeah. For my peace of mind. Cause I think I'm better. still hurting like the same twenty three year old. Yeah. You know? That's probably what's going on. I mean, you're going to, I mean, it's easier said than done, but you know, you're going to have to let it go eventually. Yeah. I mean, we're in our thirties now. Like what the fuck? That's are true. We? So yeah, Sam, like, just give me a minute <laughs> to, <laughs> to respond. All right. Yeah, just, just, just give me a second. Dude. Yeah. Just write a song about it. And then we'll, we'll yeah, talk about we'll, it. Yeah. We'll probably get over that someday. <laughs> I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll be fine, man. I, yeah. I think like, you're you're in this weird phase where I think you just moved back to LA yeah, and now you have time to kind of think about these thoughts that you weren't allowed to think about before because you had to worry about your mom, you had to worry about the store, you had to worry about some dudes trying to rip your balls off yeah, you know, in the up. middle of a liquor store. There's like, but this is what pandemic did to a lot of people though. All these times that we were able to distract ourselves by doing activities, hanging out with friends, drinking, going out. Right. was taken away from us. Right. There are so many people now during this pandemic that have forced them to think. Yes. They didn't have that time before. They're left in this room. They're left in this house. They had, they're like, okay, well, now that I can't go out, I'm left with these thoughts that I have to face, face to face. And it, and it fucking bothered them. Right. You know? I think for me, like I do it so often now, pandemic didn't really do much to me. Right. It just made me go, oh, okay, I just have to make a shift. But other people, it really made them look in a mirror. They, they, mm. they had to be faced with themselves. It was hard for a lot of people. It happened to a lot of people's relationships. It happened to me and Mariel's relationship during this pandemic. We almost broke up because yeah. of it. 
So that's that that truth revealing process that you're going through right now is just very sudden and it's very very concentrated. Yeah, it's raw. <laughs> you know, it's fresh. You're in your own place now, yeah. right? And you're you're left with these thoughts. And sometimes, like being left with your thoughts is a very scary thing. Yeah. I think that's why sometimes every that's why people distract themselves with their phones. People can't be left alone with their thoughts. They yeah. have to be on their phone. Even me now, I have to shower. I bring my phone in me. <laughs> Why? How come I can't just not look at this stuff? Yeah. It's because I want to distract myself from real work or real real ideas, you know? That's true. Not and and one of the biggest things that I realized too is that hmm, everyone's going crazy. Not crazy, but everyone's going through a maybe a situation like this, you know, because yeah, everyone had to deal with this pandemic and that I'm not alone, you know, but then the healthy process is what so many people just don't know, right? And I think that's what scares me too, that I'm just like feeding myself hate, yeah. you know? And I'm trying to find a healthy way through being in my own thoughts because I'm just stuck with them, right? Mm -hmm. We're all stuck with it, yeah. Yeah, well guys, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. I hope you guys took something away from this. Samuel Ock, my friend, my good friend. <laughs> I know there's two podcasts out here where you got shat on. It's, the, the, I, it's, not, your, it's not totally your fault, right? A, he's, he's dealing with a lot of stuff, brother. Yeah. Sam will be on this podcast when he's in town. Yeah, you know I mean? Great musician, by the way. He makes great producer. You guys see all of his stuff. But um, Genius Brain Podcast every Thursday and Sundays. And you can catch Ed at Ed Park VP at all platforms. And we'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace.